Join a Planet Fitness near you from $5 a week plus no locking contract. Enjoy tons of equipment and small group classes. Upgrade to our Black Card membership to bring a friend for free and access our Black Card Spa. Planetfitness.com.au Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Right. We're going to talk triathlon now with one of our finest ever triathletes who's dabbles a little bit in softball as well. His name's Mark Sorensen. He joins us on the program. Mark, good evening. Welcome. <laughs> G'day, Mark. How are you? Very well. Did you not get told that we were going to talk triathlon, the Hawaii Ironman, and not the men's <laughs> softball team and not the World Softball Championships right, that are mate. coming up? Yeah, you know that I had a, an extensive career in triathlons, thanks to your uh, guidance with training programs. Oh. Um, as we learned, I, I was, was not so good going uphill, but inertia helped me going down. Yeah, look, it's a great thing, gravity, isn't it? It's a great thing. Uh, but you, mind you, I, I do have to defend you, Mark, and say that you never confused ability with ambition at any point in your triathlon career. You're always very humble and you're always very realistic. Yeah, yeah, I realised once the uh, racing sardines went flying by me that uh, it was a it was a matter of survival. Yeah, swim and bike for show, run for dough. Mark, uh, today you have yeah. named the New Zealand men's softball team to contest at the World Championships, which will kick off here in about a month's time. How difficult was it selecting that final team? Well, mate, to be honest, I'm looking forward to a, uh, a full night's sleep tonight. Um, the last... With, uh, our national champs are in Christchurch over the weekend and uh, you know we've worked with some of these athletes for the last three years you know and I've seen them um, put in a huge amount of work and you know a huge amount of time and made a lot of sacrifices and, and to, to you know uh, cull it down to 16 um, was really difficult you know we we, uh, we had the team approved through uh, the appropriate channels with Software New Zealand yesterday, and then I had to make some calls this morning um, to the young men that, uh, and last night to the young men that had missed selection in the side. And it's something that, um, you know, that I struggle with because it, it's, you know, you, it's, it, it's a game of, you know, sport and, and, and managing people is, is about building trust and, you know, earning their respect. And then all of a sudden, after three years, you've got to let them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you it was really hard, you know, but it, it's not about me. It's about the young athletes, but it, it, it's, it was a really difficult job. And it's one part of this role that I don't enjoy, but I put a priority on because I think it's important for for these guys to hear from me rather than seeing them or hearing their name read out. Um, I, I'd like them to, you know, um, just hear it from my mouth. Um, I don't know how much they do hear after you tell them Unfortunately, you know, you've been unsuccessful and you haven't made the squad. So, you know, I'll give it a couple of days and I'll follow up with a little note, uh, email to them and just try and provide some feedback and some guidance and, you know, encouragement to, to keep going as, you know, most of the guys that miss will, will certainly play for the Black Sox at some stage, but it's just likely not to be in this campaign. And, and I say likely because there's, there has been a few campaigns where injuries have meant that... Um, you know, replacements have been brought in. Mm. When you look across the positions on a softball field, would we perhaps have the greatest strength and what positions did we perhaps maybe lack a little depth? I look through the uh, through the middle infield. We, uh, 
we're blessed at the moment with a lot of lot of talent, a lot of good young talent coming through. So that that was probably the uh, probably the most difficult um, in the second base shortstop area. Um, our catching stocks have have improved from where they were sort of four or six years ago. So you know we had four legitimate contenders uh, competing for two spots. So that was really positive. Um, we've always had. Uh, a, a good selection of outfielders, um, but I probably would have liked another three or four pitchers competing for for the pitching spots, just to make sure that you know, I mean the guys we've got are, are the best in New Zealand. But you know, the, the more you have, the you know, the, uh, I know you're saying you love to have. Use uh, me talking about that cream rising to the top. Well, the more you've got in there churning that cream, the, the higher the, the yeah. top is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, running through the squad, so we got. I, I will run through it too. Bradley Bennett, um, Auckland. Tawera Bishop, Wellington. Daniel Chapman, Auckland. Ben Anoka, Auckland. Thomas Anoka, Auckland. Cole Evans, Auckland. Joel Evans, Hutt Valley. Reese Evans, Auckland. Riley Makaya, Wellington. Dante Makaya, uh, Matakatea from Wellington. We've got Tane Mumu from Hutt Valley. Connor Peden from Auckland. Josh Pettit from Wellington. Jerome uh, Raimaki from Wellington, Peter Rona from North Harbour, and Cameron Watts from Canterbury. Um, where is the softball depth in places like Tauranga, Hawke's Bay, Nelson, Palmerston, Manawatu, and in particular the South Island? It seems to be very much an Auckland-Wellington-centric um, type team. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's turned out. It's not It's not uh, by any pre-design or anything. Um, the... You know, traditionally back uh, back in the day, um, we've we've had a lot of guys come through the regional networks and regional um, associations there. You know, uh, Bay of Plenty, uh, Waikato uh, Counties, Manukau formed uh, a new association this year called North, and, and they sent a team down. Um, Cam Watts, who who is listed as uh, he's played he played for Canterbury last weekend, but he actually resides in Dunedin. Um, and he travels to Canterbury to play to get the type of competition that he needs. So we, yeah, we could, um, ideally we could stretch further with, with our regional reach, but I think we've, um, I think we've got about five associations represented there in that team of 16. So uh, it's certainly dominated by Auckland and Wellington, uh, and they were in the final of the National Provincial Championships yesterday uh, with a sprinkling from... You know, outside of that, but I guess it's like all you know sports that um, that the, the top athletes want to play against the top athletes all the time, and unfortunately, that sometimes proves a magnet to pull them to the major centres. Um, you know, there's a lot of work going on in the regional areas to help um, grow and develop, and in some cases, rekindle the sport in those areas. So, you know, it would be great to see. We do see that um, the regional. Associations represented more at age group level, so you know under 15s, under 18s, um, under 23s even. Uh, but it, uh, I'm just trying to scramble here a little bit to think back to the last person making the Black Sox um, from outside the, the, I suppose, the big four areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, look, just an observation. Certainly nothing sinister in the question at all. It is what it is. And again, um, you know, that's the best team. It's the best team. Uh, look, Tawera Bishop, um, he's also a member of the Auckland Tuatara, does play baseball. Was there any sort of consideration there? Is that seen at any point as a conflict of interest? Or is it just these sports just need to coexist and one enhances the other? Yeah, 
Yeah, um, um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we've obviously been uh, competing for talent over, you know, over more recent years. Um, I mean, Bose and the Bishop family are a long-standing, you know, softball family. Um, he he did go and play. Uh, he was signed by the Boston Red Sox and, and went into uh, the minor league system. Uh, and he did spend a season or two with the Tuatara. Uh, he hasn't. He did go away with the uh, the Diamond Blacks um, New Zealand baseball team last month, um, but it's uh, he's quite a unique athlete, you know, and, and he's in the catching spot. And um, I don't know if you saw, but he was actually the MVP of our national championships that finished yesterday with Wellington running out winners. So, you know, he's a quality athlete that, in the catching spot, um, has been able to. You know, make a fist of it on on both sides of the fence. Uh, it's not something I think that many athletes could do, uh, certainly in this short space of time. But uh, it kind of worked for him that you know he had cut his teeth in softball. He went on and enhanced his game and with baseball, and then you know the opportunity there for him to go any further disappeared. So he wanted to still play that high level of competitive ball, and, and he came back. And then mm-hmm. out of the blue, he he was off to Panama last month to. Uh, compete in the World Baseball Qualifier. Mm. Uh, pitching stocks, who are our marquee pitchers and do we have depth, such a, a key area in whether it be baseball or softball? Yeah, uh, Daniel Chapman and, and Josh Peters are our, uh, our two guys that, that are going to spearhead the campaign. Uh, Pitarona is um, is, the, is our third pitcher, but he'll also double as a uh, first base or, or even designated player. Um he big six foot five, long legs, long arms, um, throws the ball well. Has a world class change up, and we'll be looking to um, integrate him into the games, I suppose, in a, in a relief role to provide something different from the other two big boys that we've got. So, you know, I'm I'm pleased with, you know, the three that we've got there to work with. Um, but in terms of your depth question, no, I, w- I would like a few more in there. Um, there's some good young boys coming through, but they're not quite there yet. Um, you know, they, they've been in the pool and, and competing, but there's still a little bit of water under the bridge before they, they can get to this level. But, you know, they're, they're constantly out there putting their name up um, and, and doing the work. So their time will come. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, for me, an ideal pool is, is sort of six or eight guys that we would look to select from. Uh, yeah, how many? When you're defining a good pitcher, what what defines a good pitcher? Is it just purely speed? Um, is it the change up? Uh, I mean, what are you looking for? To start with, that they can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yep, uh, that's that's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, an insider joke with with softballers is that that you know, in my day I was a catcher, mate, and I used to call the signals, and I used to joke that. I called the signals to, to tell the pitchers what pitch to throw because often they couldn't walk into gum at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, fantastic athletes from a standing start, one step, you know, and they're getting the ball 125 to 130 kilometres an hour. Um, so a, a combination of, of speed and accuracy is uh, is something that you really look for. So, yeah, ideally, I mean, both Josh and, and, and uh, Daniel are... Uh, in the 125 plus category, um, they they've got both a rise ball and a drop ball, uh, and uh, they throw a changeup, which is an off off pace pitch, which would typically come in maybe 110 to 115, 
Uh, and when the hitter's constantly looking for that quicker stuff, you're able to change speeds. The idea with that pitch is actually to change the their centre, the hitter's centre of gravity and get their balance going forward. Uh, and if you can get them leaning forward, you take away a lot of their power. So changing speeds, changing sides of the plate, inside, outside. Um, so that's where the command side of it is really critical. That you know, just to be able to throw hard isn't good enough. You, you've got to be able to really locate it at least 75% of the time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and I, I don't know about yourself, but I've been watching, you know, the, the Major League Baseball playoffs recently, and, you know, you watch those guys who who are getting paid a gazillion dollars, and, and they still make mistakes, yeah. you know, with their location and stuff. So it's not an exact science, but, you know, the harder you work, the better you get. Absolutely. I think once you said, if you're going to be the man, be the man every day. I think it's a great quote. Um, we've got Cole Evans, Joel Evans, and Reese Evans. Are they related, someone wanting to know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Cole and Reese are brothers, and um, Joel is a brother from another mother. Um, no, the Joel uh, Joel's not related to uh, Cole and Reese. Uh, just a uh, coincidence that they've got the same last name. Mm. And um, Cole Evans, um, we probably should just mention it because it's just what I do. It's who I am. It's part of the brand. But I'm now but grammar old boy. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, knew. I was wondering. This taken. You've done well, mate. It's taken a while for you to bring that up. Actually. Well, I think I think they've won um, nine consecutive New Zealand secondary school championships. To be perfectly damn honest, but anyway, I'll just throw that in as well, Mark. Yeah, yeah, no, quality young man, um, and he's, um, you know, I, 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 he he can he could probably be in that role for uh, as long as he wants. Um, you know, good head on his shoulders, great work ethic. Um, you know, has uh, has set the benchmark in terms of our fitness standards with the guys over the last 12 months. Um, has made some unbelievable plays over the last couple of weeks that we've seen in the trials last week and the NFC over the weekend, you know. So um, for me, no better person to have in the role as captain. And, and now, you know, it's about helping him because he's, he's been in the role for a couple of years and never kept, led a game because mm-hmm. uh, we haven't played. So it's it's our job to help him. Um, rally the guys behind them and, and build them into a cohesive unit. Mm. Yeah, so how does the next four weeks look? Clearly you've come off um, a national championships, which means the players at a domestic level have um, had plenty of softball. But how does the next four weeks look in terms of building on that momentum and making sure that you go into these world championships, if I can use the term, match fit? Yeah, well, one of our objectives was to ensure that we we played the most games of any team going into the World Cup, so we wanted to be the best prepared with it being at home. Um, so with that in mind, we, we pulled the, the NFC that's just, that I've referred to and has just been completed over the weekends, typically held in, in February, but you know we asked Softball New Zealand for, for dispensation this year to pull it forward to create some meaningful games for the guys to ensure it helped us you know get as many games as possible. Um, so we're together... Next next Sunday we assemble. Um, you know, your, your opening day typical admin um, induction type stuff, setting the scene for the for the campaign, and then uh, Monday through Thursday is a combination of um, strength and conditioning, um, softball specific stuff, and games. Um, and there is one one day where all three of those will happen in the same day. Uh, so we're looking to load. You know. Uh, increase the the workload for the guys next week and then we hit the Golden Homes Invitational next weekend where we've got 
two games Friday night, three games Saturday and two games Sunday. So seven games over the weekend. And our objective is to ensure that we hit that weekend, you know, a little bit fatigued and under a little bit of mental pressure so that, you know, we're, we're, we're raising the stakes and, and pressuring the guys to make decisions under fatigue. Um, from there, we send them home for a week to freshen up and come back together uh, Monday the following week in Palmerston where on that weekend uh, that we lead into, there's the top six countries in the world are having a shootout um, as a kind of a dress rehearsal for the World Cup. So we will build up there with a, uh, a lower workload uh, in preparation for that event. And then we post Palm, uh, post Palmerston, we take a couple of days driving north through the country to um, shut down from you know the intensive softball for a couple of days and until we get to North Harbour and, and settle in at the mission, prepare for opening day against uh, Czech Republic. Mm. The last World Championships were held in Prague. Um, we won the World Championships in Whitehorse in 2017, but um, by your own high standards, a failed campaign in 2019. What lessons were taken from that, and what have you implemented for this campaign based on those lessons? Yeah, we uh, the lesson learned was that, one, that we were still good enough, but if we take our foot off the pedal and, and take for granted our position, that the opposition will come up and bite us in the ass. Uh, and four of the games that we lost, we were in the lead. Uh, it also highlighted that our conditioning levels weren't at a, at a standard that was required for international ball. And what was it was really evident when, you know, it got up around temperatures got up around 40 degrees, which was, you know, unusual for us to play in those type of conditions. So um, the way we were playing, uh, we we we'd gone to a uh, a more power-based game. So, you know, we're very reliant on um, the home run to win us games where, you know, previously we'd um, we'd played more of a, a accumulating style of game, so more of a Kiwi style of game where, where you're hustling for runs, you're, you're, you're working for each other, you're sacrificing at-bats to move guys around and you're just picking up a run here, run there, get through to the third or fourth innings and you've got a three-run lead and someone hits a home run. You know, and all of a sudden the game's out to six nothing. So um, we're looking to, you know, get back to I guess get back to basics a little bit with the way that we're playing, and 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 not try and play, you know, the Americans, the Canadians, the Venezuelans at at, at their game, you know, and stick to our game uh, because it's proved to be a successful recipe for us in the past. Uh, but also ensuring that we've got the right. Uh, the right selection of athletes and the right condition of athletes to be able to play the type of game that we want to play. So, you know, it took a bit of reflecting. Um, you know, it, it, it took uh, it took some honesty uh, for, for myself as well. You know, I, I looked back and thought, how the heck did that happen um, on this campaign? Um, you know, how did we let that get by? What what were we thinking there? Um, you know, and, and, and peer-on-peer reviews as well as... You know, it's all very well sitting in front of a panel and presenting to them and having feedback, but it's the people you go to battle with that, you know, you, you value their feedback immensely, you know, and probably value it the most. And, and those are the, the discussions that, you know, were had that really meant the most, you know, and we're able to, it wasn't, the review wasn't put on any one person. It was all, you know, it was all about us. Uh, but, you know, in terms of from a personal standard, I, I, my personal view is, you know, uh, players and coaches are responsible for, for a failed 
result in a game. But ultimately, a campaign fail sits fairly and squarely with the, the coach. So, you know, I, t- I took it personally, and it would have easily been uh, the the simple door to walk out and say, look, thanks very much, had a great career, um, someone else's turn now. But, you know, I, I felt there was um, there was a job left unfinished, and, and I needed to go back and rebuild it um, so that, you know, when, when I step away... Um, I'll leave it in as good, if not better, condition than what I found it. So, you know, I wasn't prepared to walk away from from a um, not a sinking ship, but a failed campaign. It just didn't sit right. Well, Mark Sorensen, I'm excited by just having spoken to you for the last 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, look, good luck over the next four weeks, and we look forward to following the progress. And of course, we'll be right across it when this tournament does kick off in about a month's time. Thank you. Nice one. Thanks, Wado. Appreciate it. There you go, the great Mark Sorensen on the program.